Hi, it's Lori from Hike. Welcome to another episode of Base Camp Chat, where four of us hikers get together and just talk about whatever is on our mind when it comes to the trail. There's no script. There's just a lot of discussion. So in this conversation, we talk about planning and preparing for your hike, We go into some things about hiker safety, responsible stewardship, leave no trace, what it means to be part of the hiking community, and some of our own responsibility as stewards of the land. I hope in listening to this conversation that you glean a few things, that there's something that you find that you're passionate about, and become an advocate for that on the trail. What I think is important to take away is that we all have a responsibility back to the trail that we love and that we're stewards of. Whether it's participating in a cleanup, donating to a trail organization, there are so many ways that you can give back and all are equally as important. So please reach out, let us know what you think about this conversation and Look forward to you also adding to the conversation. So drop us a comment, hit us up on social media. You'll find all of our links in the show notes. Now let's get into this month's episode of Basecamp Chat. So we're talking about uh, planning and preparing for your hike tonight. That's our our topic. How's everyone doing? Good. I'm doing good. Yeah, we're good. Oh, God. It's a Wednesday evening. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a Wednesday, hump day, middle of the week. You know, planning and preparing. We t- you know, when we met last, I think we got into a lot of stuff about, like, trail etiquette and um, being responsible, you know, responsible stewardship. Um, and it led us to thinking, okay, well you know, people need to plan and prepare. So, you know, perfect topic to transition to was what are some good tips for people to, you know, how do you plan and prepare for a hike? And I mean, there's just so much obviously to to delve into that, but you know, why don't we, I guess, go round Robin here and, you know, talk about your favorite tip is about that or something that you learned along the way. So I don't know, I'll start, I'll start with Jester. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, I mean, probably the number one thing, and this is, this is what I've learned over years and years of not only hiking, but being an educator. And that is, I mean, educating myself about where I'm going to go. And that encompasses a lot of things. I mean, we could probably rattle off a hundred different things from finding out about the weather to getting the proper map to where you're going to go, researching the area, finding the trail organization website. If you're going to go, you know, hike a particular trail that has an organization, um, you know, re- from researching the area, like on and on and on. But probably one of the number one things that I've learned personally is always to have a good plan A, a good plan B, and a good plan C. And if you have to accept a plan D. Um, because you never know what's going to happen out there. And, and really your plan A is you, you're going to finish what you started. And everything's going to go perfect. And I, we could probably, between the four of us, 
you know, not really count how many plan A's actually work without a plan B coming in. Um, and for me, that's looking at a map, studying the side trails. If I have to get off trail, you know, what's my exit route if something happens. So for, I guess for me, my main thing is a main plan of what I want to do, have an alternate plan. And that changes dynamics too, when you're hiking with somebody and talking together as a group, you know, what is your group plan A? What is your group plan B? And I've hiked with people that like to have those conversations and the people that don't like to have those conversations, I don't hike with them anymore. Um, because if you're hiking as a group, it changes, you know, the dynamics of hiking by yourself. And we could probably go off on several tangents, you know, about all that stuff. But I know Johnny had like a dissertation written down over there of his stuff. He showed me on a piece of paper. So Johnny, I'll pass it to you. (laughs) Well, you know, to touch on what you had mentioned, you know, you could get to a trailhead and the parking lot be full. You got to go somewhere else. So you kind of got to plan, you know, have a plan B. But one of the things I had written down was the was to uh, let someone know your plans, let someone know time frames and your where you're going and the mileage and you know expectations expectations of when you're expected to be back and so forth. And Benny and I have a friend that um, <clears throat> did a hike last summer, um, left plans with his wife. He was going to hike up to a couple of peaks here in the Smokies couple airplane crash sites and be back out the next day and his wife assumed that he said 8 p.m he meant 8 a.m and it involved search and rescue so it's really important to let people know and make sure you know i guess when you tell them the plans make sure that they repeat it back to you or make sure even write it down you know 8 p.m not 8 a.m or you know just reiterate your expected time out I like that one. Yeah. What about you, Benny? Uh, I'm kind of like you guys. Um, you know, the big thing is doing your research. You know, I'm so used to going on trips, like all my international trips, even some of my domestic trips. I hike with my buddy Matt a lot, and he's known his trail name is Details, and the reason for it because he's does all the details. I mean researches the crap out of everything so we can't go anywhere without him being prepared and knowing ah this is what we need to do or this is where we need to go so a lot of times if him and i do a trip together i just ask how long am i going what's the weather and then i just put my gear and go because i know he's got it covered but i mean right now it's funny that we're going over this because uh, we're getting ready to go do the TGO challenge in Scotland in May. And Matt is not going to be going on this trip. So I'm the one that's doing, you know, a lot of the planning as far as logistics and things of that nature. And we have like some other team members that are going too. But, you know, since I'm the, I guess you could say the veteran because no one else has been there before. Um, some of that, a lot of that's on my shoulders to know where we're going, what are we doing. So um, I just, you know, I'm trying to make sure that, you know, I'm getting the right information. Some of the places that we're looking up, like hostels and things like that, you can't just find on booking.com or anything like that. I'm going on a Google map, zooming in to that little area that we would like to stay 
and physically seeing all the little hostels and stuff that are popping up, those things you won't find on your big sites on the, on the web. They'll have their own little bitty site, but it's not going to be linked to anything. So some of those you have to like click on it, go to their site, maybe even email them or call them to see about availability. Uh, so it's a lot of like tedious stuff. You know, in fact, yesterday I took off work and that's all I did was trying to go through all these places and a lot of them were already booked or they had a three night minimum. So it's good to be prepared because otherwise, you know, if we weren't doing this, we, we end up finding a place. Actually, we end up picking the place up found the day before. So a lot of backtracking there, but we had to figure out, does the bus take us to this location? Because you're in a foreign country. Things don't work exactly the way they do here. Yeah, there's so many different things to think about, you know, because number one, it's very hard to bail whenever you're doing a trip across seas. When you bail on a trip, it gets very expensive. If someone bails, and that that's one of the things we're actually having a meeting after this meeting, planning, you know, all the different things. But those are things that you have to think about. If an emergency situation comes up, what's your contingency? Do you have the funds to deal with that in case something were to go down? Make sure, like in my situation, where it's going to be an international trip, obviously we'll have our passports. Also, have your insurance cards. Have all your information, you know, uh, obviously your COVID shot card or whatever, and just have a lot of stuff with you that you probably wouldn't normally carry on a, on a domestic hike. And you made me think the complete opposite of that. So you're planning like a huge, this is a huge trip. Uh, but you also have the total opposite of that where, you know, the day, the day hiker is the most dangerous hiker. Um, you know, someone that like Johnny was saying, somebody that just shows up at the trailhead, never really looked at a map before and off they go into the great smoky mountains national park or wherever they are, Zion. Um, it happens at every national park, um, you know, up at glacier with the bears and not being prepared with bear spray. And it's really making me think, and I'll, let me ask you guys a question, because I feel like a lot of times in our various outlets, whether it's YouTube or whether it's on a podcast, I mean, we're talking to people primarily that are hikers, right? I mean, I would say primarily, you know, that are hikers. How do we get this word out to people that are that day hiker, that are that person going on, you know, that international trip that who speak to who we're answering these questions for how do we spread that word i, I think about that a lot well and, you know and one thing to think about too you mentioned the smokies and day hiking so you have a lot of tourists that come in you know oh they see you know they want to do alum or they want to go do the bunion or they want to go here or there and they think they're going to get there there's going to be this kiosk and that kiosk is going to tell them everything. It's not there. <laughs> it's not there. It's not there. You know, so they have no idea what they're getting into. Johnny's probably seen this more than I have. I know on Alum, I've actually seen, you know, women wearing like a dress and pumps. I mean, not really hiking the type attire. Lori's looking at you like what? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm telling you. Uh, listen, they got dresses and pumps on up there in Michigan. 
Are they doing like a photo shoot? Is that what it is? No. Up at the, no, no, they wanted to go to Lacan. And they're carrying one bottle of water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One small bottle of water. Yeah. If yeah, they're carrying water. I remember going by the woman and looking at her. I was pleasant, but I told her that uh, you might want to turn around. I'm like, you don't have what you need to get up to the top. And this was really late fall going into winter. And that year, there was already a nice little dusting up on top of the mountain. It's like, you're not dressed for this. Yeah, it's like you want to say, turn around, don't drown, okay? Let's yeah. just let's just go ahead. Yeah, and it gets even better. She was there waiting on her boyfriend who went on to go to the top. So she's so he left her. Left her. Yeah. So she's standing. You, you can't keep your body heat standing, you know? So you're probably, like, there cold. And I, and I told her, I was like, you need to go on back down. Like, it's Hopefully she had the car keys. I doubt it. <laughs> I <know. laughs> or if she did, I would have left him. Well, he could have yeah, Long gone. You yeah. mentioned, though, like, how do we get the word out to um, to non, like, see, like, you know, the hikers, we're talking to a lot of the hikers who are out there on the forums, out on, you know, Facebook are like the dedicated um, hikers who are really like doing this all the time. Um, I think it's some, honestly, some of the special interest, like Facebook groups and things, and just trying to partner more with like the community, you know, aspect of it, because there are different events that go on where they, you know, like a, oh, we're going to go on a hike and wine night or, you know, things like oh, that. No, for real. <laughs> you know, or we're going to go, you know, do a snowshoe and then have our hot cocoa after. So it's it's really the parks, I think, really going into the community and, you know, having them help, you know, partner to educate because they're the ones seeing them kind of front line, basically, yeah. and getting the word out. And And I think, you know, all of planning preparing is like learning also about the 10 essentials, which is kind of a given. Like we know it's a given, but not yeah. everyone out there, you know, does. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's like a lot of this stuff, we know it's a given, you know, and I, we're, we're the digital age and there's nothing, you know, I go back to students I teach every day. They want to Google everything. So it, it baffles me why people don't Google where they're going or, you know, National Park Service or something. It, you know, even their local park, like, you know, local park map. I mean, I don't know what, I mean, what do you think, Johnny? You're just, you're shaking your head like. I see it all the time too. I mean, we've got a map on our, on the hiking group that I'm on. Um it shows how many people have downloaded the map. It's, it's quite a large number, but how many people use it? I mean, I don't know. I want to think that people do look at it, study it before they go. Um, you know, I know that I get, uh, I'm subscribed to the uh, National Parks, uh, Smokies National Parks, and uh, news releases. Anytime there's a news release related to hiking or in the Smokies or anything related to Smokies, um, we usually get that pretty quickly, within usually within minutes of the release. And if, and, I mean, people can go in there and see those news releases and kind of be up to date as far as like road closures and trail conditions. And, and that's another good thing too about those, those forums is like, I mean, there's, 
80 something thousand members in there. Somebody's hiked the trail recently. You can just go, hey, how's the trail conditions on so and so trail? And, uh, you know, kind of find out. But that, that just kind of goes back to doing the research before you go. Yeah. Right. I mean, but having a kiosk at the trailheads, though, would be a huge positive for the Smokies, in my opinion. Yeah. If, if they did kiosk, I mean, one, you know, hopefully it'd have like an elevation profile of what you're about to do. So you would know. <laughs> no, that would uh, only make sense. Up hill. <laughs> that, that would be nice. <laughs> and, you know, maybe some, you know, responsible stewardship, LNT stuff on there, remind you, pack out your trash, what to do with your trash once you pack it out. Just don't drop it in a park lot. And don't want, you know, what to do to avoid a rescue. Yeah. And I was going to say, and some hiker safety stuff basic information of how that temperature is going to change per thousand feet and let people know, get the typical temperatures for this time of year, you know, that would go, I mean, right now the rescue teams are doing like two rescues a week on average. I bet if you did kiosk at all the major trailheads, those would drop by at least half, if not more than that. And there's been some lives that have been lost that were high profile uh, situations that probably would have been avoided if a kiosk with viable information was on it. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to switch gears a little bit here. And, and this may seem shocking. Oh, get ready, everybody. You know, obviously we know that social media can hurt public lands and hurt uh, the impact it can draw more people into an area than what that area physically can handle. The Smokies doesn't have the infrastructure to handle, you know, a rescue. Like in the fall time, when those cars are backed up 11 miles, trying to get a rescue team up to where they need to go whenever traffic is standing still. And I've had rangers tell me, if we have a rescue on the other side of the park, we cannot get to them. It will take us two hours to three hours to get to them from here because the traffic's so bad. Here's my thought. Since most people, younger people, only do social media, so if they do any kind of research, it's to geotag a location or to hashtag it or whatever, why not use some of that stuff to our advantage? I believe that social media can help public lands too. Like whenever we're sharing cleanups or showing vandalized areas of the negative impact to help get that message out there. It's like, hey, you can't act like this or this is going to be shut down. What I'm hearing, um, I think what I'm hearing, Benny, is that you think we can also geotag to show positive examples for those locations. Only, only if you, you've got to have your message in there too. So, I mean, if you're, I think if you're geotagging it, in a sense of to show the destruction or show the negative impact. I think that's good. I probably wouldn't geotag to show this beautiful picture. Yeah. Because like that, that's, you know, they're, they're just going to glass over everything else. But if you put something shocking and this is the day we live in, that's, you'll find it. That's probably that's what people hard. like. That's what people like. Yeah. Also never that initial post I did on Max patch that I took Mike Warman's, image and then my trash that I picked up that morning and I shared that and went viral it reached like a million people. What about using social media um, as also a tool to help you know I think 
Well, here's here's my conundrum, and I think this is where we get we got some of the questions posed to us too. Is that there's not a lot of in social media we see a lot of like, oh, look at this, look at that, but not a lot of learning opportunity about mm-hmm. hiking or about that area. It's, it's so it's how do you find that um, balance or a way to get that across? Like for instance, I know um, Johnny, your friend Gwen she asked about water filters, right? And like what to use. And that's just, you know, is it like when you Google it, you get a lot of results. So again, it's like they're trying to see, they wanna hear stories. They don't don't wanna see you filtering your water, but like helping to learn about why you filter or, you know, using it for the first time. What are some tips? And I'm sure there's lots of YouTube videos to do that, but you know, but obviously like, you know, Gwen wanted to know. So it's like, how do you feel like you can share some of your experience? I don't know. That's where hiker safety came in for me. I mean, the 10 essentials, um, and on that site, I just started sharing stuff. Like it's not my stuff. I didn't reinvent the wheel. I'm not making up anything. And it's just, I'm just sharing what's out there. And one of the sites I find fascinating on Facebook is New Hampshire Fishing Game, and they're doing exactly what Benny and Johnny are talking about. They literally post every rescue in the White Mountains of New Hampshire, and they state exactly where the hiker went wrong and what they needed to do right. And I just started reposting those. I would just, you know, uh, screenshot them on Facebook, and I was throwing them over on Instagram, and people were shocked. Like, oh my goodness, they actually put out there, yes, they were in jeans, they had no water, they were in flip-flops, you know, it's 30 degrees outside, you're going to the top of Mount Washington, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe maybe they get away with it because they are the New Hampshire fishing game, and one of the things that I like that they do, they have a yearly safety card that as a hiker, if you joined their safety program in the state of New Hampshire, that money goes to the funding of New Hampshire Fish and Game for rescues. And they tell you uh, the amount of funding, you know, that's circled back out. Yes, we used X amount of funding this year for X amount of rescues and X amount of, you know, uh, pro- or uh, gear that, you know, New Hampshire Fish and Game needed and things like that. And I'm like, why does it every state have a safety card why would we not follow this protocol i mean they've done it i mean and you know every year it's like 30 bucks yes i'm a safe hiker they send you like a card and you carry it in your backpack and it's like a thing um and it goes directly towards rescues and i think more of that kind of stuff needs to happen or i think do they do any sort of preemptive education yes they do like it's a whole program like before you get the card, you know, you obviously you pay 30 bucks for the card, but you have to take a quiz online. You know, because I think that's kind of where I was getting at is like learning. How do you use a filter? How do you, you know, understand um, how to treat your clothes? One of one of my to touch on a little bit what we were talking about, one of my most viewed YouTube videos. And this, it was a silly I filmed it kind of on the whim of being, it wasn't anything planned, no script, anything. It was how to use bear cables in the Smokies. And it ended up being one of my most viewed videos. And what I want to do this year is kind of create some new content of 
hey, where do you put your trash at the end of the hike? In the damn trash can, right? How do you how do you filter water? This is how you do it, right? So I'm going to kind of create a few more educational videos this year and kind of drop those either on Instagram Reels and YouTube uh, as well and just kind of see how that goes. Now, I feel like there's a good, positive, encouraging way to create that content that people connect with. Yeah, making it approachable in yeah. the sense of, you know, short short bits of information. But yeah, I mean, what should I use? Should I just go and decide to treat my clothes? Do I have to hang them? Like, you know, there's just so much stuff like for someone who doesn't go on long distance hikes, but, you know, wants to still like spend a day or two out in the backcountry yeah. and do it safely and, and enjoy it. It's kind of like you you need those courses or the guidance. Yeah. That guidance. Yeah. And that's information that, you know, YouTube is flooded with hiking videos after hiking videos after hiking videos, gear videos through the nose. Very few of them, if any, are actually showing what you're doing, what you should be doing with your trash afterwards. Very few of them actually show, you know, everybody's showing that cup of coffee and that sunrise on Insta, nobody's showing what they're doing with their trash afterwards or how to do certain things. You know, and you have all these folks on YouTube that, you know, put out all these hiking videos and everything else. And yeah, it's great seeing these trails and that's really cool and all that. But you're not sharing the information that can keep it clean or might help, you know, someone like, Deal with it just like me going out west, and Julie knows this. Okay, you have to apply for your permit six months in advance. It's very difficult to get a permit depending on the trail, the starting point, things of that nature. Who's out there showing people how to do that properly? You know how how to navigate that system of being able to get a permit uh, and be able to number one make sure you're going to go on that trip. You know, because that's you know, hours of research on how to do that. Hours. Yeah. And the thing is, there's a lot of people that will go and they'll luck up and they'll get the permit. And they'll just sit on it. Oh, just in case. It's like you just took away that permit that someone else could use because they only give out just a few of those a day. So it's kind of one of those things of planning. You know, do I really want to do this? do this trip you better have your planning done before you're getting permits not wait to see if you get a permit start your planning and then decide eh. well i i'm gonna say that a lot of that rests on these uh the park systems and, and you know who are doing the permitting right and i know it's like i yeah. don't know the Come truth it. it's going through like another agency and i think there's a bunch of stuff probably about that but like for the jmt or something Maybe, you know, making sure there's enough information easy to find, like, I'm interested in doing this. I know they have like backcountry guides. They're like pages upon pages long, but maybe doing that in like a video format that people are you know, like looking at yeah. today, right? Like the YouTube videos, the reels and so on, because the information I think is out there, it's buried. It just needs to be presented. To the forefront, yeah. Yeah. But for the people who are doing those trips and they're making these videos on the JMT, I've done it. I've got, I've done that. And I, and I'm, I've dropped the ball of passing that information on to 
hey, you know, this is how I got my permit. This is what you need to be doing. And you need to be having your information ready. You need to know, you know, whatever. And this is how you can get it done. And this is how to plan. Uh, I think it, I think if you're helping, if you start, like if Johnny's out there and he's doing these video series and he's helping people to plan how to do their hike, basically, you know, how to prepare for a situation with, you know, water or filter, or what to do if my filter gets clogged or whatever. So he's doing these series of, of short videos and that's what you need. You need short videos today because the attention span is about two minutes. Actually, 30 seconds. If you don't have their attention in 30 seconds, you don't have it. They'll move on. So whatever your content is, it better be rocking right out of the gate. But if you're, if you have a series and they're in a short series and you're basically helping people plan and, and all this and pointing directions where they can get even more information, don't let the information just stop with you. Say, okay, you want to learn more about this? Go to this website. There's a link in the description. Go there. It'll help you continue your planning. You know, a lot of folks, they just want to show the nice shiny and, you know, part the unicorns and rainbow part of their hike. They don't want to show the part that it sucks or the part that they had to go a day without food because they didn't plan right. They don't want to show those things. And those are the things that we need to know because that could save someone's life. That's coming behind them that's thinking, oh, I want to do this trip. And I heard they had like four days of food, so I can do that. Well, there's a lot of elements that go into play, whether that's a four-day trip or five-day trip. And so I think whoever's making the content has a responsibility to try to educate for safety and for stewardship. Those are the two most important items. And if you're taking care of both of those, then your trip should be really nice. Then you'll have the third thing, which is the fun. <laughs> fun, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, because it's true. If you're, if things are safe, if you are knowing you're being a great steward of the trail, then it just equals, you know, you're gonna have that good time. Well, I mean, if you're cleaning, let's say if you're picking up trash along the way, packing it out or whatever, you know, it's gonna leave it cleaner for the next person's experience. When you're leaving trash behind you're forcing your experience on everybody else behind you. So, you know, with responsible stewardship, we say, you know, we're big on, you know, cleaning, you know, everything together, fostering stewardship together for the betterment of, you know, our public lands and green spaces so that everyone can enjoy responsibly. I was just talking to one of my buddies this past weekend about, when we're out hiking in the Smokies and we come upon an AT through hiker and it's about season to start, you know, when you see them, you know, talk, well, I always stop to talk to them anyway, but it'd be kind of cool to stop and ask them, Hey, do you have any trash? Can I take it off of you? Cause there isn't but two places in the Smokies. You can actually dump trash, maybe, maybe one newfound gap. Um, so he thought, Oh, that's a great idea. Why don't we make that, you know, why don't we do that? That's kind of cool. Maybe get that word out. So that's something that, that I'm going to try to encourage. Yeah. Yeah, I that's like that. I like yeah. that's a whole different way of providing uh, trail magic. Exactly. Like, you know, people always talk about, okay, I'm going to bring them cold drinks and food, mm -hmm. but also, you know, not enough talking about like, okay, I'm going to take the trash off of you. And I mean, I have heard it before. I know there's, there's people out mm -hmm. there doing it, but if you have a national park and what is it? 70 something miles of AT trail mm -hmm. in the Smokies. 
So if you only have two spots, no wonder they're putting it all in the yeah. in the fire pits. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've taken trash off of hikers before. Be like, hey, you know, anything I can do for you? Are you good? Can I take your trash? You know, especially if I know that they are a good ways from town uh, and they've probably been on trail a, a few days. Hikers want to get rid of trash. Johnny's right. That is a trail magic, like best trail uh, magic ever. A garbage can, a hamburger. Yeah, it is <laughs> good trail magic. They want to get rid of it. Yeah, because they want to go as light as they can. Mm-hmm. You know, when yeah. I'm going out and they're still on the trail for days. You know, before hitting town. Yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully it's not a situation where they have their poop packed in their trash bag too. Oh, we just, that's out west. That. That's <laughs> a, you could tell. I'll take your trash, not your wag bag, right? Yeah, oh. wag bags. Oh, that bag's blue. I'm not taking that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want this blue bag? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't even get me started about the little blue bag. Here we go. It all twists back around yeah. to that stupid bidet. <laughs> you know, I still think you should market that, Benny. Yeah, yeah. You know, and thing about the bidet is always remember it's for <laughs> external use. Oh, <laughs> okay. External use only. Hey, you know what? Andrew Skirka, he promotes the bidet, so it's a thing. You know, and there's so many different ways you could do a really quick and easy bidet. You know, if you have like a simple water bottle cap that goes on your water bottle, but you pre-drilled it and drilled a hose. Yeah, a single hole in it. You could put that on and use that as your bidet instead of like carrying this little thing. I mean, my kit is so small, it fits in like like a little Z-Packs wallet kind of deal. That's not my bidet, but I mean, that's my wallet. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's how small my bidet kit is. The, the nozzle, the dry towel, and the Dr. Bronner's soap in there and that's a lot easier to carry than uh julie's uh 48 roll count uh costco size like that's right i carry it out too i do not bury i don't bury my toilet paper by the way there we've we've got two left you got two people here doing two different things i don't lori i don't know what you do johnny I try but not to I, go to the bathroom out in the woods. I'm just well. There, yeah. there's another way. So I do carry. I do not bury toilet paper. Doesn't matter where I'm at. Doesn't matter East Coast, West Coast. I just don't. Yeah. And you know, it just goes along with you know. I have a lot of well, Lori and I probably have a lot of women ask about feminine products. You carry those out too. And every female has a little special bag. Males, when you see the bag come out, you walk away, but there you just stuff your toilet paper in your little special bag and get rid of it. When Benny asks you if you have any garbage, you say yes. <laughs> duct tape and, it black so people don't know. You du- you know? Uh, duct yeah. tape it black, red. Uh, there's various techniques. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, I do, I do pack out all my toilet paper 100%. Something that was completely the worst. Um, when I was going to Max Pack once a week and cleaning up, one of the major items would be Fenman products that we had removed. And there would be so much of it. Uh, and they'd just be laying right there on the top of the ground. I don't understand that. Ladies, carry out your products. It's not that big of a deal. I, yeah, I don't get it. 
Well, that, no, I, I think you're bringing up a good point. And it's, I mean, yeah, we started, you know, laughing about the bidet, but these are topics that, again, yeah. we just need to plan, prepare, educate about because when you are in the woods and this like happens, what do you do? And yeah. that's the issue is educating about these kind of taboo, uncomfortable conversations that normally just people don't want to talk about. So it's making them like common, like making it just, hey, it's okay to talk about these things. Well, and not only is it a hygiene issue, number one, but I mean, a lot, of, that's why neurovirus runs rampant, worse than COVID ever dreamed of running on the AT in the springtime because all these new people are out and they're hiking and they're using the bathroom and they're not doing it right. So they end up having stuff on their hands and somehow they're ingesting it and that's how they end up getting sick or someone else touched something and they touched it behind them. Carrying uh, you know, trail mix or yeah, don't share trail mix. Yeah, just spread, you know, Even when you're starving because I have stuck my hand down in somebody, we've all done it. I mean, if mm. you're starving, you're sharing food when you sit down and take a snack, but you got to think about yeah, that stuff. Think about Here's it. the next element in that. And we're, and we're, we're talking about dealing with using the bathroom feces and things of that nature. About our water sources, how many times? I know Johnny's seen it uh, in the Smokies because it happens so much in the Smokies. But people using the bathroom right next to a water source, mm. so they're contaminating that water source. Like anybody that goes after them at that water source is at high risk of getting sick, and this happens over and over. So, you know, teaching people where to go. Mm -hmm. to use the bathroom number one not on trail like we see in the smoky so much or on the road um two looking feet for my leave no trace card because it actually says it on there how far you should go from a water source and i don't feet, know the feet is, is it 200 it, yeah. i think it's 200 no. so yeah 200 feet from trail or water source any of that you don't want to like see it smell it hear it whatever it could get yeah you 200 is a good number yeah it's like a snowball effect. You know, so many different things are like connected when it comes to using the bathroom and our safety out there in the backcountry and innocent people get sick. So, yeah, there's so much to planning and preparing. It's like, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's a big, big topic. I think plan and prepare and just learn. Sometimes you got to go out and learn. Yeah. yeah. The research. And yeah. I think Benny, what you said is we all have an, we all have a responsibility to educate, um, you know, yeah. through the medium every, that we use and whether yeah, every single one of yeah. us. And just understanding that it's on all of our shoulders to to educate, whether we you know, like Johnny's gonna set up like some small reels or stuff like that to be able to like make some really quick thirty second like. This is going to get your attention. It's going to stick with you because, you know, especially if you put something in there interesting, you got to hit. Johnny, you got to come out like Emmy winning, you know, <laughs> Tom Cruise in it or whoever. Like, you got to be out of the gate, like, ready to go, like Avenger style, like using the bathroom. Maybe I should do a bidet video. There you oh, go. Oh, boy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, you just, you got to get people's attention. Johnny, when you put your reels together, I am going to make a highlight page on my Instagram yes. and I'm going to 
however I do that, I tag you have to tag us so we can reshare your reels. And then I'll say we could all save them. And that's another thing we could all start doing is, you know, creating things on our pages that people could look at more like educational stuff. I will do that. Seriously. Yeah. I promise too. I, I'm definitely going to think about how to better, you know, use Facebook, Instagram, and of course the podcast of sharing this information, which of course we're doing tonight. So we have stuff out there, but then we still, then you get the questions that maybe there's a disconnect of something. I'm not sure. We got to sneak it in there. Like the vegetables. You know, yeah. like mix it in. That's what we got to do. Hey, yeah, I mean, we got to do what we can to, I don't know, make that connection. You know, like I can put on there that, you know, I can write on a post that the National Park Service and the National Forest Service both are requesting people to tag lightly, to not geotag specific areas, be more broad in your geotagging. People argue with me to the end of time that, you know, that geotagging isn't hurting the parks in the park. And think about it. Johnny knows this from the Smokies. If the Smokies are doing a study on something, they will study that thing until it's dead and buried and they'll dig it up again and study <laughs> it one more time before they make a decision. So if they're making the decision to say, okay, we need to be doing this then you know it's a real thing. You know it's it's got data behind it if the, if the National Park Service is doing anything about it. Well, and the park services are changing what they're doing. I mean, look at Zion. You got to have a, um, what, what have I called it? A permit now. That's a And there's a, a, in Shenandoah National Park up to Old Rag, uh, Old Rag you yeah. got to have a permit now. Yeah. Um, so stuff is happening. Yeah, because yeah, in Shenandoah National Park, the old rag parking lot, I mean, talk about miles of cars and people are just walking on. Um, oh, it's not the Blue Ridge Parkway. Help me out. What is it? It's uh, what's the parkway that goes through the Shenandoah Sky, National Park? The Skyway? Skyline Sky, Drive. Skyline Drive. And people are just walking out in the middle of Skyline Drive like it's the trail. Yeah. Welcome to the Smokies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll tell you. Yeah. We see that and then some in the, in the park, and it's like you've got to be kidding me, you know. But um, it, it's insane out there, and something has to be done. You know, our parks are being overrun; they're being overcrowded. Um, I think a lot of local business, a lot of tourism boards, kind of feed that too. Uh, obviously, photographers. I'm a photographer. We feed into it if we're like geotagging, trying to bring more people in. I have no problem with photographing and sharing, let's say like sharing the name. What I do have a problem is whenever you geotag, because if I share the name, you're forced to go look it up. When you're looking it up, you may find some information out that is important. Or, um, you know, as I'm sharing my post, maybe put a stewardship post in there or maybe some information to say, hey, you know, smokies are beautiful. One thing you may want to be aware of is that you're not allowed to have dogs on the trail. I guess with that, I'll share one little pet peeve. That's <laughs> before uh -oh. we go. Yes. I'd rather, I'd love rather, it when Lori does that. Well, I'd rather you just not put anything on there. If you're not going to geotag, don't put it. Don't put like my secret spot or yeah, yeah. Um, out in the wilderness. Yeah. Like people yeah. put those yeah. like cryptic, <laughs> you know, 
sunshine happy vibes. I don't know what it, what kind of locations they're posting, but you know, it's just like just yeah. Don't put anything. Yeah, don't put anything. Geo, yeah, I think the geotag feature on social media is kind of silly. Mm-hmm. I understand why it was meant for. Yeah. Well, it was meant for safety on Facebook originally, you know, to, to, I'm safe or whatever. And then it turned into the yeah. nightmare that it's become. Yeah. And unfortunately it's just turned into something very negative. Um, just, and the only thing, the only reason why it turned negative is because not everybody treats the outdoors the same. And there's people out there that don't care and they're going to do whatever they want. They're going to spray paint it. How I can't tell you how many people come into the park with a can of spray paint. It blows my mind. I think if you're law enforcement and you're a ranger and you pull over a vehicle and you see they have spray cans, spray paint cans in their vehicle laying in the floor or somewhere easily accessible, go ahead and just write them a ticket. Be done with it. Because you know what they're about to do. You know, so many places are getting vandalized. You know, like I've said it, you know, geotagging makes as much sense as you geotagging your house leaving your door open and leaving something you would never do. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're tagging our, our, our parks and they're being overrun. The Smokies can't handle the people that it's got, you know, and so many other parks are the same way. So I don't know. It's aggravating, but I'll say it again. I do believe that social media can help public claims. With responsible stewardship, we're proving it. So what do you guys think we should do next? Like, what are some things that maybe we could do just in this venue of what we have together of, you know, of doing something positive, of, you know, getting some more information out there? I don't know, just. We do it by exercising the responsible stewardship ethics. We know our impact. We educate others on what that impact is whenever they are out there. We advocate for better stewardship, for, for you know, for more funding for our public lands, for, for our parks. We donate. We lead by our actions. We lead by example. If we're, you know, driving to, to a trailhead and there's not enough parking spaces, so we park in the grass. We're teaching other people that that's okay. What we should be is driving to the next trailhead or maybe have a plan. We're talking about planning and preparing. That's also a plan B too. Finding a second location to go in case this one's just too much. I think all those, you know, and just encouraging people to get involved with volunteer organizations or with the park service or whatever. All of us, everybody, everybody on YouTube, everybody on social media. So, Johnny, you're going to put the reels out and start to do that. <laughs> Johnny, no pressure. Yeah. Right? Seriously, no pressure. <laughs> Julie. Me winning. Julie, you're you're not going to have a show just on Leave No Trace or 10 Essentials. You already said that. I've already somewhere. done all that. Yeah. yeah. It's I mean, like you've done, got... it, done it. Hey, how about a show on responsible stewardship? 25, 30 <laughs> episodes. 25. Uh, minimally, yeah. I think I counted up the other day. A third, if not more, a fourth of my shows, over 25% of my shows are strictly educational episodes, not introducing like, hey, this hiker's doing this. (laughs) (laughs) This hiker's up here doing this, Mm -hmm. that, and the other. 
Johnny's holding up the sticker, but yeah. So, um, and I think it's time to probably have some somebody on for responsible stewardship, um, and kind of you know nail that down. But uh, and truth be told, I try to have something educational and informative every episode, mm-hmm. and um, I I'm constantly trying to think of ways. Um, or people to have on and things like that that are in the education to you know doing stuff. Um, well, we but like I said, that. we can yeah, do we that can post too. Yeah, in every post that we share, we should have some sort of educational message, some sort of stewardship message, and they can all like be mixed together. And I'm going to commit to when I put my post out there that now I'll put like how I planned. For that hike too mm-hmm. and kind of add those elements in there because I think that's important the whole and then you know Benny like you said you know things about responsible stewardship and then you know hiker safety of course um, Julie as well so I think we can incorporate it into daily things like you said it's not you know we don't have to to have a special occasion or clean up or wait for that it's like it's every day every hike every encounter yeah and i think you know even whenever it comes to hashtagging we can use certain hashtags to catch people's eyes too you know let's say like here in tennessee a lot of times i'll hashtag if we're doing a cleanup somewhere let's say save our smoke kids is doing a cleanup and i'm throwing stuff out there you know putting posts up i'll tag gatlinburg severable you know the Great Smoky Mountains, using hashtags. I'll I'll do Tennessee, North Carolina. Anybody that I think is going to search that because they're coming in town for like a vacation, and they you know they'll click on the hashtag. They're going through all the different posts. They're going to see a cleanup post, or they're going to see a post about some trash. You know, I'd be hey, and if you word it right and you tug on someone's heartstrings a little bit, they may be hey. I want to do my part. I want to give back. I want to spend a, I want to spend two hours of our visit and just give back and then we can go play. Perfect. And then, you know, but we wouldn't have got their attention if I hadn't used the hashtag. The thing is, is trying to get into, trying to sneak in the door of popular locations without getting kicked out. And that's basically what I'm doing, whatever I'm using those particular hashtags and I'm promoting cleanups because I'm hoping that will catch somebody's eye. You know, I've, I've posted a few times recently and mentioned hiking community or community in general. And, you know, going to a cleanup isn't all them and bloom. It's a lot of fun. It is community building. It is hiking community building. It's relationship building. And I don't see anything wrong with that. So I think we need to promote that too is, is yeah. you know, people that are on social media and, have a following, you know, just promote that. Hey, this is, this is part of your community. You know, you're a hiker. Clean up is part of the hiking community. So be a part of that community. And then you can ask part of people in the community you meet about the trails that you're yeah. going to go on. You know, that's the whole thing about learning from each other and what better way to one, give back, but then also mm-hmm. to plan and prepare is, you know, to do it with your community, just not in a vacuum. One of the things I want to do this year with doing some guided hikes through the Facebook group is just at the end of the hike, we're going to get the trailhead, bring some trash bags for everybody to walk around the parking lot. 
pick up some trash. Why not? It gives back. It's 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 bonding. It's you know, relationship building. What you know, so just a little bit to give back. Every yeah. little bit helps. I like it exactly. Yeah. Many hands make light work. <laughs> wow. Teamwork makes dream work. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Chester, what are you going to leave us with? What's your what's your saying? I don't, well, I, I, apparently I don't have one. Uh, prepare, <laughs> practice, promote. Good. You know, prepare, practice, and then get out there and promote it. All right. Well, I think uh, we've left a lot of great information in this chat for listeners. And um, I hope people reach out to us, ask us more questions, and, you know, know that we're willing to help. Y'all know how to find us. Yeah, and tag every one of us. Like, if you go out and you do stewardship, if you're sharing your tin essentials, if you are, you know, leading a hike and, you know, film talking to the group, you know, for a minute or whatever, tag us. I'll reshare it. Yeah. 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 Anytime people tag responsible stewardship or Benny Braden and they're doing some kind of stewardship, always reshare that because that's important. Don't tab me your ads because I'm not resharing your ads. All right, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not resharing your crypto ad. I'm any not resharing ads. <laughs> My uh, bidet ads. You don't like? Nope. 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 Just a little QR code. That's the yes. Yeah. The QR code. Yeah. The QR code could look like a pile of turds. Oh. All right. I'll reshare right, it. I'll put if you know, you know. <laughs> Okay. Well, if you know, you do know. And you got to go. <laughs> well, it's been great chatting with you all tonight. Yes. As, yeah. as usual. Yes. Good see you time. all soon. Yep, see you soon. <laughs>